Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm Leticia Latino, your host, and with me today is fellow Italian Simon Severino. He's the CEO of Strategy Sprints, author of a book with the same name, and a global speaker on agile strategy and sales. Hello, Simon, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello, Letizia. Hello, everybody. So cool to be here. I love it. I love it. I have a fellow Italian that pronounces my name properly, and I should say Simone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just for the benefit of my audience, you are based right now in Austria, right? Vienna, Austria. Yes. That is exciting. I love when I interview people in Europe. And so because the show has such a wide reach that it really excites me. So, Simon, obviously you are going to tell me a very, I'm sure, complete origin story because you're an Italian that lives in Austria and I'm sure your journey is fascinating. But usually I'm excited about, you know, your younger years and what were you excited about growing up as a child? And if any of that validated as in in the work you do today? Wow, okay, let's go back. When I was young, I was excited about nature and about exploring what is there. So there was a hill behind where, where we lived and I would go there as soon as I have time. There was a rule, my dad had a rule. First, you do your homework, then you do whatever you want. That's a good rule. (laughs) I had a rule, a very good rule. And so by that rule, I would do my homework and then I would go explore. And I would call it, let's go explore. So I would call some some friends, hey, let's go explore. And Mm -hmm. they would would ask their parents if they're allowed to explore and then we would go explore. And I think up to today, that's that's who I am. I was asked recently, in a very, very dark moment. It was it was literally, I think it was November, and it was really gray here in Vienna and cold, and I was low energy, you know, lockdowns, the lowest point that I can feel in terms of energy. And so my buddy in California and I, we on the phone, and my buddy says, hey, what's, what's going on, Simon? And I go, hey, I'm so low energy. I don't know. I cannot carry all this responsibility right now. I'm so low energy. And he goes, all right, Simon, what's what's right now inside of you? Let's say you drop everything. What is still dancing inside of you? And I go, you know, my purpose here is to open doors and to turn on lights. That's still, still strong inside of me. So if I drop everything, everything, what will I do tomorrow morning? I still wake up and I, the drive is here and that, that spark is, is still untouched in whatever happens. I'm here to open doors and turn on lights. That's, that's what drives me right on a very deep level. And, um, back to, back to then that was this exploring. And sometimes my friends would say, no, 
my mom doesn't allow to go to that hill because she says that's dangerous. Nobody knows what's in there. And I go, that's why we're going. We are explorers. Yeah, but I'm not allowed. Sorry. And so I would go alone sometimes. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I love that explanation and that background because, yeah, in life, it's exactly the hill is the experiences that present themselves to us. And some people are just you know, too scared or they just not used to exploring. I love that. Believe it or not, my husband and, and my and myself, when we go to a new city, we tell our kids all the time, let's go explore. Even if we've been yeah. in the city, many times we let our kids to guide us through the city in their own way. And we say, You're, we're exploring the city however you want to explore it. So I, I'm, I can resonate with that concept of let's explore. And so, and this was back in Italy. This is where your childhood uh, happened? Yes, childhood in Italy. And, and later on, so I, I moved to Vienna. I, I studied philosophy and psychology because that was also, that was where I could most explore, right? No other discipline felt like exploring the world for me. So I couldn't really click with any like real discipline, like accounting or legal, etc. <laughs> like real stuff. I couldn't click with it because it, was, it wasn't feeling like my, my purpose, which is deeply exploring things. And so, but philosophy and psychology, especially deep psychology, uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, those things, they felt to me, and Friedrich Nietzsche, they really felt to me like, oh yeah, this is my exploring people. They, that's exactly what they are here thinking about, writing about, researching about. So that's my thing. That's my thing. Wow. If I can spend three years going deep on something that must be philosophy and psychology where, where I can really unfold this drive. And that was correct. And you know what's funny? Later on uh, in Vienna, then I fall in love. I, I, I marry a Viennese woman. And so we are here now. We have three kids, etc. And when we go out, we just say we go out. We don't, we don't plan where we go. We, we just walk around. In, in the inner city, in beautiful, in beautiful parts of the city. And so we just walk around strolling. And then our friends go, oh, you are funny. You just go out and you don't know where you're going. We always go somewhere, but you just go walking. And we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in Italy, that's normal. You just go out and see what happens, right? But in Austria, that's it. Oh, it's something special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I married a Dutch. So I can also, and they are very, uh, I have to say, spontaneous for the most part, but they're definitely that essence that you're describing in, in between the Italian and maybe the Nordics. There is definitely a different approach into <laughs> how you tackle. But, but funny enough, on the food side, they are not planners whatsoever. And I'm more like, okay, you know, and I'm not a big eater, but you know, for me, lunchtime, you stop at lunch and you actually have a real meal and they are more like, oh yeah, whatever they mingle here and there all day long <laughs> and don't it's stop true. for the formal team. So Italians, although we are not many planning a lot around, around many things, we do plan around the, the lunch and dinner. <laughs> lunch and dinner is sacred. That's not eating. That's our religion. Yes, but, but, and you would agree with me, and I think people, because there's fascination for Italian culture, they think we stop to eat and we really stop to connect. Yes. Would you agree? Absolutely. I was asked, Two hours ago, a multi-million dollar project. If I want to start it, 
by a wonderful company. And I said, yeah, sure, let's go. Let's explore. Where, when, when's the first step? And they go Sunday, se- Sunday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. This is when we have to meet in that city. And I go Sunday evening. This is where I cook for my kids. Mm-hmm. And they were like, can we move it? And I said, this is not negotiable. I love it. It's I sacred. It. We, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not food. It cannot be administered or, or organized. It's not about that. It's about sitting down and asking. And we have we have even a ritual of how we ask each other the five feelings of the day. So my kids are small. So we ask, what was what was the magic moment today? Uh, what was bad, bad? And uh, where were you afraid? What made you sad? What made you angry? And, uh, and everybody interviews everybody. And we always change who is interviewing whom. And even the three years old, Alessandro, even he interviews now. Oh, and that's wonderful to see. It is. It is. I love that. And I also love, I think you hit it on the nail on something important. And I know that you help people and we're going to get into that because you eventually became a business coach. But you hit it on the nail where you're negotiating a multi-million dollar contract which by all means, everybody would say, oh, that should be your priority that, you know, you would leave your family. Like people would say, I have to go to this meeting. This is a big, and yet you said, I cook for my family on Sunday afternoons. And so you did something that most of us say we cannot do. Like in business, I've heard this so many times. I cannot say no to this because this is a big contract. Yet you uh, empower yourself to say, this is my priority. Can we move the, the meeting? So in terms of, uh, because you are a business coach, I, I, I wonder, do you see people having to break a little bit from this behavior and this fear that if we say no to something, uh, we're going to lose a contract? I think it is in business and in life, something really worth exploring, right? So what is my self-identity tied to? And when do I allow myself to really create standards and hold those standards. So in my first four years of being a strategy advisor, I have spent zero Sundays in the city where I was living because, you know, your first four years, you cannot say no a lot. But then I had the next 10 years and I started having some weekends. Now I'm in the third round of 10 years. (laughs) Now I choose. And so I would say, you know, it depends where you are on your journey, but it is, it is an important question. The question, do you allow yourself gradually to retire from people, from projects and from tasks that are not good for you? Mm, that's, that's wisdom. And so I'm now 42 years old. I, I have done business in, uh, in uh, I don't know, 114 countries. Uh, all time zones. So mm-hmm. I now allow myself uh, to retire from people, from projects and from tasks that do not serve me. That is very powerful right there. I, I thank you for that wisdom. I think that we are evolving projects and I feel exactly the same way I said, you know, when I started my career, I started in a job in telecom that was really demanding. Like we literally would not sleep. We would make more money in overtime than in our salary. That's how mm-hmm. bad it was. But one of my mentors said, this is like a medicine you have to take that it's good for you. You don't like to take it. But once you do, 
everything will be better. And that's when, as you say, that allowed me to do a lot of work, but then I retired from that mode into some different mode. And so that checking in, I think it's important that that, that you mentioned, because some people would just approach life like I'm in this job or in this role, and it's like always the same, and they don't change uh, how they tackle their own function. And I am from the personality type. I am somebody who is bad at saying no. I want to be liked. I want to be loved. I'm an extrovert. So I am always looking to please the other side mm-hmm. and, and you know, to fulfill their needs. That's what a consultant is here to solve your problems, right? So I, I usually go for harmony. And so it took me, that's why it took me 42 years to get to this point. Other people get much quicker there. Um, but if you are like me, it takes you forever to prioritize your needs, then yes, speed the process up. It's it's good for you. I actually admire you. I think you, you know, you obviously have a long career, but at the same time, there are people at that at your age, and I'm I'm 48, I'm a little older than you, but that that they're still in that mode that I have to keep pleasing, pleasing, pleasing. So so let's talk about your company. So you founded, you have this background of exploration. So to me, it's, it's like you you very early on you discover what makes you tick and you you really were able to materialize it in your job and what you do for a living. And so you wrote a book called Strategy Sprints and where you help entrepreneurs, business people like really probably take to the next level, get unstuck. So tell us more about about your book. Yes. So there is always a hill, right? Also in business. And when you have conquered that hill, there's the next hill. So I was so passionate about sharing this with people. If your hill, your big dream and your big goal, if it's scary and risky, etc., how can you de-risk it? How can you make the steps so small that they are very actionable? And that even, you know, even your mom would say, okay, that's such a small step. You, okay, do it. Mm-hmm. Because you have de-risked. And in, in running a business, it's really important risk management first. But how do you foster exploration and at the same time de-risk the exploration? Because many people get stuck. They say, no, no, it's too dangerous. I don't do it. And so the strategy sprints method is really what I have learned from all these beautiful agile methodologies out there. The lean startup, this, this, the sprint way of product innovation, all these amazing scrum, all these amazing methods that are out there. But I was missing it on the level of how you run a business. So if you, if you are a business owner, how do you do that? How do you use it for your personal hill exploration and so the 12 chapters are exactly the blueprints and checklist and how you do it and the principles are simple you make the big exploration you chunk it into small parts your question is always how small can i make it and how can i test it today you don't have to go for it you can test it very small for example tim ferris tested which title should he have for his book just with exactly with this method, with just a hundred dollars of a Google ad. And then he tested five different titles. He got the winner. And then that became his book title. And it was very successful. It was the four hours work week. So, but the test was a sprint test, just a prototype, hundred bucks, three days. And that's the method. So a big thing that you want to accomplish, how do you make it small and actionable? 
and move forward with one step after the other because the risk is low, but the opportunity is still sky high. And so you can keep going for it and you are more resilient and more agile. Resilient means you have self-correcting and self-healing loops. So whatever happens, you, you, you repair, your system repairs and continues. And agility means if something changes outside, your internal pace of change is high enough that you can respond quickly. So you stay in the game, you stay responsive. And that's what makes the difference, especially in these current markets and all this volatility and geopolitical risk, etc. The only thing that is in your control is your daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. And these are what I describe in the book and the, the three habits that I use myself. And so these things increase your agility and resilience. Everything else is just not in your control. Mm, that's, that's great. So I love that perspective, uh, Simon, where, you know, that you are bringing that focus to the business and how, you know, we can become more uh, effective and agile from the business perspective. We've had many guests here that are, you know, more on the spiritual bandwagon or scientists that, you know, they say that practice that you mentioned and those habits that you mentioned that we have to incorporate in our daily routine that are so important. But I know a lot, a big part of the audience is like me. We run businesses, we get to the office. You know, I cannot meditate. I had a guest uh, recently and he said, I meditate for two hours. Of course, he's retired. He's in a different stage of his life. And I know a lot of my audience, me included, I'm like, there's no way I can meditate two hours a day. I also have young kids. So how do I get to a practice that it's actionable for me, but also that is not only for my spiritual benefit, but for my businesses, business benefit. So I know there's a lot of people also like me that are more concerned, like profits are important. We want to make money, but we want our, our team to be happy. We want to be happy. And we are living in an unprecedented time in history where more and more people are quitting their jobs. And this is something I think we owe to COVID because they have realized that they're just getting by. They're just waking up every morning. They are on autopilot and they have found that there's a different way. So I'm sure you deal with a lot of those uh, businesses, maybe recently during COVID. Any good experiences or wisdom to share on that front? Yes. For me, business is my spiritual practice. So mm. if if you're listening right now, if you go, oh yeah, I also don't have time to sit down. I don't meditate. There is no necessity in meditating. So the purpose of meditating is that you center yourself, you reconnect to your source. So when you are in action, you can be of service because you remember that you are infinite energy and you have more energy to serve. So Many traditions, like my tradition is Advaita, they say you don't have to sit at all because spirituality happens in action, under stress, uh, having three kids. That's a spiritual exercise. Running a business, that's the spiritual exercise. How can you use the business as a vessel for you know the divine energy that is in you, for what you are here to accomplish? Because you need... A vessel for that. You need a, a mechanisms that can do that. If you want to improve the world, you have to go out there and do stuff. It will not happen while you sit. So 
I don't think there is business and there is spirituality. For me, business is where I practice my spirituality. I have my tea here. Uh, I ask myself the question before I go on a podcast, who am I? To, uh, to remember myself, who I really am, and to let go of the baggage. And then I come with, this, with a presence, with an open body, and uh, try to deliver value. I I admire that. That's incredible. The, the 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 concept that business is my spiritual practice is a wow. It's a as Oprah would say, it's a tweetable moment for me. Like <laughs> I would tweet that. This is something that is uh, very highlighted here in my notes. That's that's incredible. And to have the vessel, and I totally agree with you that as, as I do a lot of personal development courses and practices like that, I sometimes feel that there's a chunk of people that em embark in, in becoming coaches and mindfulness meditators and all that. And then they're, they're missing the vessel. Sometimes I feel that they are missing that. How do I really put all these things into action? Because they need someone else to like enable them. They need someone willing to listen, someone to willing to get the practice. But your concept of, well, my business is really where I put all those concepts to work. It's, it's brilliant. I, I really love that, that approach. And do you find that when you work with people, is that like, is everybody kind of on the same boat or you have those circumstances where there are people so focused because I've seen your messaging and some of the, of the, of the messaging out there is like double your business, more revenue, more, which is great by the way. And, uh, but I have to say, like, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I didn't know I was going to have tweetable moments. And so that's a great surprise. And I thank you for that. So how do you deal with that? Is that something or you can really deal with those kind of people that are at that level, just business, money, or you intertwain a little bit all these concepts? We, we had a lot of discussions, me with my business coaches, me with my team of Strategy Sprints coaches worldwide. Hey, should we share more of the deeper reason why we do stuff? And so from year to year, we allow ourselves to, to, to share more of that. And we, we have more the courage to do it. On the other side, we want, of course, to take people to pick them up at their bus stop. And so when we coach entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs have kind of a hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. First, give me more time, give me more money. And then, okay, let's talk about the rest later, right? And so mm -hmm. that's why when we communicate to the outside in marketing, we say, okay, let's double your revenue in 90 days. And now mm -hmm. we have their attention. And of course, we focus on that, bringing just more oxygen into the system because that de-risks for them that quarter. And then they are a little bit more calm, more centered, and then we can go deeper. But first, let's take care of everybody has enough time and enough profitability. And to raise the profitability, you have to increase the revenue and you have to uh, get smarter with the cost positions, turn costs from fixed costs into variable costs. Now, for me, revenue is just energy. Revenue is the oxygen of a team, of a firm. Like oxygen is, for my body, is very important. It's not mm -hmm. the most important thing, but if it's not there, I'm not interested in talking recipes about Parmigiana Reggiana <laughs> if I don't have oxygen, you know? Yes. But as soon yes. as I have oxygen, hey, I'm super interested about recipes about Parmigiana Reggiana. And, 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> and so that's why when I talk to business owners, we, we take care of the first two big needs first. And when we have that, we have enough calmness, enough space to go deeper. But that's why we have a specific order of things. First, we work on their sales processes and operations. Then we work on marketing. And of course, during our, our work together of 90 days, all kinds of topics pop up. You know, you have team fluctuations, you have a low energy day, you have a day with less results than another day. And then we go there when it pops. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I love this, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's like you are leaving me with uh, the wanting to know more and I'm sure the audience too. So Simon, anything, you know, exciting in your project that obviously you, you've spoken everywhere in the world, you're a multicultural person, deeply spiritual. What's exciting you these days? What project do you have that maybe we haven't discussed that you would want to share with the audience? The most exciting thing for me are my three kids. They are all below six and it's mm -hmm. spectacular. They are so open, so curious and so full of energy. They look at the words, wow, Papa, look, the sun is here again. And I go, oh yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's incredible, the sun is here again. So that's for me, that's really my, my teacher number one. And what, yeah, reminds me of, of wonder and of being curious every day. Wow, that's powerful. Well, my next question was going to be, what does make you tick in the worst days? But I am assuming that it's going to be the same answer. <laughs> worst is it your days? Family besides, yeah, besides your family and that love, what is it that when you have energy, low energy, and you say, I need to recharge, I need to connect to the source, as you yourself said. Is there I, any one thing that you go yes. to? I have music, for example, here. I have some buttons. If I am low <laughs> energy and I have the next meeting, I have short playlists that give me exactly the that little energy push that I need. I drink tea. So I, I, I went from being a coffee lover to being a tea explorer. I'm learning about teas and having different uh, black teas, red teas, etc., and learning about it. And um, that gives energy. I read books that give me that energy and I have them always here near me. And I have a morning ritual two hours before Anybody in my family wakes up, it's me time. Two hours before, it's me time. And for me, it's being in nature and running for 10 kilometers. That's, that's my thing. But if it changes, if my body needs something else, those two hours will be that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Well, I'm not surprised that you're so centered, so full of energy and good, good advice. And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be seeing more of you and other books, I'm sure at some point. But for now, I will definitely share all your information about the book, about how you help business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, get that oxygen that we all need to, to get our priorities in line. And I really thank you for your time, Simon. This has been a great, great uh, chat. I appreciate it. Thank you, Letizia. Thank you, everybody. Keep rolling. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.